This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. Today, we'll be talking about core values and why a set of carefully defined values can become a powerful management tool. Our guest is Darius Mushadadeh. He's an entrepreneur who has created and led several very successful businesses. Darius is also the author of The Core Value Equation. He'll talk about how your organizational values can become a terrific leadership tool, He'll share tips from his book about how to create and bring life to your core value statement. And he'll describe his own journey as he experienced the impact of a core value formula. Darius, today we'll be talking about core values and and, and why a great set of values can make all the difference for an organization. But here at Jazzed About Work, we're always interested to hear about how our experts develop their expertise and, and what was the career path that brought them to this place. So I'm wondering, would you tell us about your very interesting entrepreneurial career? Yeah, you know, I, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Uh, I always joke I'm a recovering CEO now. Now I, I just uh, exited my, my, my last company that I built to a, to a pretty decent sized company. We got up to almost a thousand employees from, from a very small company. But, um, you know, I, I was brought up with a father who was an entrepreneur and he was, uh, immigrated here from Iran. Uh, my mother's, uh, born in a steel mill town and, uh, right outside Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And they met and found love. And, and, um, after the, when the Iranian uh, revolution happened and we, we ended up immigrating to the United States. Um, and, my dad was an entrepreneur, so I grew up watching uh, an entrepreneur be an entrepreneur, and for me, that was just pretty much what I knew I was going to do uh, from a very young age. And so, uh, I became an entrepreneur, and and I was always very interested in high growth entrepreneurism. And um, my business, my first company I started was called Twin Capital Mortgage. I got into the mortgage industry, and I I, I didn't really I wasn't as interested as much in the mortgages as I was in the high growth side of the business. And I had a you know, like many entrepreneurs, I, I, I grew my business and started having a lot of growing pains. And I mean a lot, a lot of growing pains. I grew from, you know, zero myself essentially to about sixty employees in, in about two and a half years, two years actually. Um, and I was I was young, I was twenty six years old. Yeah, early 2000s. Now, I ended up growing from 60 to 150 employees within the next year, the, the third year of the business. And I, I really broke the business the whole way up. It, it was a very painful experience. Um, the business itself was the 40th fastest growing company in the United States, uh, Inc. 500 com- company, number 40. Um, but it, it was not a very great place to work. But And I got lucky about three years into my journey and I got admitted into this program at MIT called the birthing of giants, which is all around teaching high growth entrepreneurs from all around the world, how to scale their businesses. It's an invite only. And I got lucky and I got into it and I got introduced to the concept of core values. And, and it really became a journey for me where I, 
I, I started noticing that I could potentially use these core values to create value in my business. And before I knew it, you know, I had this experience where my business was still having a lot of problems. I had finished my program at MIT and on the night of graduation, one of the, uh, graduates, uh, there's two graduates that own a company in Canada, one of the best places to work in Canada called nurse next door. And they basically did a workshop with all of us graduates. And we were, it was a peer to peer workshop. And they said, please stand up if your company has core values. So we all stood up. I had built core values for my company. I had six values, 76 words. They said, please stay standing if your company has core values. So we all stood stood up. And then they said, please stay standing if you can say the core values off the top of your head. And I sat down. Oh, my. And here's the thing, Beverly. I, I wasn't the only person that sat down. Half of the room sat down. Yeah. And, 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 and I couldn't believe my eyes. And this is, I mean, there's some like billion-dollar companies that came out of this program. Half of the room sat down. And then they said, please stay standing if your employees know your core values. And half of the remaining half sat down. And then they said, please stay standing if your customers know your core values. And the whole room sat down with the exception of the two gentlemen in the front who were leading the class. And it was a pivotal moment for me. It was something where I realized something was wrong. And it was I got the bug. And the bug for me was, why did all these great CEOs sit down? Why did they all sit down when this happened? I couldn't believe my eyes. And it sent me on this journey of creation of how do I create a core value-driven organization that, that I just got obsessed about and I started playing with it. And, and it really led to the book that I just published called The Core Value Equation, which is a framework. And it really demystifies and decodes this idea of how do you create a core value-driven organization. And, and I've done it now at scale. I've built over a billion dollars of revenue in my last business as well as my previous business from this and done it at very, very large scale. So for me, it's, it's really been a life changer. Well, let me ask some really basic questions before we get into how you can turn a value set into an incredible management tool. But real basic question for listeners who may not uh, be following um, the, the trends, what do you mean by core values? Well, so a lot of us, uh, maybe people that are more like formal business people will know like, oh, you got to, you know, you start a business, you got to get your mission, your vision and your values straight. And these end up becoming boxes we check. uh, And then we get, then then we do what's called business as as usual. We just go back to work. Um, I don't know if if, if you've ever looked up the word core values in the dictionary, but if you look up the word core value in the dictionary, it has a very specific definition, which is they are the fundamental beliefs of a person or an organization. I'll repeat that. They are the fundamental beliefs of a person or organization. I then went, I, I'm, I'm kind of a curious person. So then I went and looked up the word curi- uh, fundamental. What's well, the most important, the most important beliefs of a person or an organization. So if you think about that, beliefs are how we make decisions. And, and if those are not important, I don't know what is. And so, so for me, it's, it's, I believe they are the foundation for how you grow a business. Well, it, it makes a lot of sense for me. I'm um, an executive coach. I work with lots of um, pretty senior people in all kinds of organizations and actually people of all levels in their career. And I start very often by trying to get a sense by helping my clients to express their values. I don't use the term 
core values. I just try to start talking about the things that are important to them and, and then try to um, talk about, uh, ask them to explain the things that are important to the company the, or the whatever organization it is. And I'm not surprised so many of your folks sat down back in, in, in that pivotal moment. I think a lot of people uh, may have strong values, but they don't think of them in the context of the organization where they're working. So there's often kind of a, a disconnect. So let's go back when you had you were creating your first core values. How, how did you go about doing it? The first time around, was it just things in your own head that were important to you? Or were you thinking it really in, a, in an organizational way? Well, I had done it unsuccessfully, unfortunately. Uh-huh. unfortunately. Yeah. So, you know, the first time I did it is I sat down with my team and we did a facilitation and we came up with six values, 76 words. And they just, you know, it was just one of those things like, you know, where I, I don't think the path of figuring out what's important to an organization is, is, is where the, is where the opportunity is. I think that, again, people understand that beliefs matter and, and being, having authentic values matter. Uh, and that's what I did is I just came up with what were the six things that I thought we stood for. And we, you know, that we stood for things that, that were obvious, but that was the first time I did it. And it was, an, a, and I was very unsuccessful with it, obviously, because I didn't even remember when I was asked what they were. So does this bring us to, um, the equation that you talk about in your book, the core value equation that maybe takes those words and turns them into something that's really powerful. Well, yeah, the, the, the equation, it, the path of, of, you know, and the journey for me to get there was, was, was a little bit longer drawn out than that. Um, that, that next morning after I sat down at MIT, I was sitting in a diner in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and I was really kind of disappointed with myself. And so I ended up pulling out my iPhone and I looked up the the core values of the two gentlemen that were standing in the room and their company nurse next door. I looked it up and they had four values and they stood for really big, profound things. And they were written in the tone of the organization and they were 12 words. They were fairly easy to remember. And I thought, you know, why don't I just make them easier to remember? That's a good starting point. And, and so for me, I said, well, what are the four things that my business stands for? Twin Capital. We, we stand for working hard. We're a really hardworking organization. Uh, we, we stand for doing the right thing. We were a subprime mortgage lender. This was 2008. We had blown up the world economy our, our industry had. And so I knew we had to you know, have an eye towards changing our behavior and having high integrity. Uh, we stood for innovation. Like we, we were forward thinking, we're a San Francisco company. We were about doing things out of the box. And last but not least, we, we stood for excellence. I, I, I knew that like me and my brother who were, uh, the name of the company is Twin Capital because I have a twin brother. Um, we stood about going above and beyond and creating a great experience for, for our, our customers and our team. And so I, I kind of thought about that and I said, well, what are four easy ways of saying that? And this is kind of the design side of it. How do you design values for to be viral and sticky? And and I and I was doing this intuitively. I didn't have a process then. And I said, well, work hard is do work. Integrity is live zen. Uh, innovation is you know break the box. And and let's see, you know, excellence is wow everyone. Do work, live zen, break the box, wow everyone. And I took it back to my organization, and right away I saw that people 
resonated with people. They were easy to remember. They were in the tone of the organization. And that was the first step for me is I realized that people, when they do use core values, that there, it has never been a real framework on how do you make this a thing in your business. And with the core value equation, which is somewhere I landed on that really fairly late in the game, which is that I believe that core values of the opportunity to become the language of your organization. And when they do that, you have to basically d- discover them. And the book really outlines discover, design. So design to be viral, design to be sticky, design to become the language of the organization. But once you discover and design them, well, what do you do next? Well, then you've got to immerse the team in them. So you got to roll them out. We call that the core value marriage. Then you got to, or excuse me, core value wedding. And then you got to uh, nurture them. And that's the core value marriage. And that's the implementation process. And the book outlines, how do you do that? When you do that effectively, um, what ends up happening is it becomes the language of the organization. And then the last thing we look at is, well, why would you do any of this at all? And, and the answer is to create ROI. And we, so we, so this book also in chapter eight outlines, how do you measure for investment for return on investment? And so it becomes an asset. I, I say, this is an asset that you want to invest time, energy, and money into to create a return. And what the core value equation is, is I end up working with an executive coach and he asked me a question. He said, Darius, what creates the results in our life? And I said, well, is it the actions we take? And he said, well, what do you think creates the actions we take? And he had me stumped there for a minute. I I said decisions and he pushed me harder. Um, And I ended up being stumped after that. And and, and he said, well, what if I told you it's the conversations we have with ourselves? And so a couple months after that, I was really thinking about that. That really struck me as, as, wow, what conversations am I having with myself? What conversations is my team having with themselves? This is an interesting perspective. And I noticed when, when I started thinking of myself or my team or my company or my family, that whatever conversations we're having both internally and externally, I noticed the results tended to hover around that as well. And a couple of months after my work with uh, Dr. Zellman, which is who I was doing this work with, he said, uh, I called him up uh, during a postmortem and, uh, and I said, hey, uh, David, I, have, I had something to add to your equation. This is in early 2019, right before I wrote the book. He said, well, what's that? I said, well, well, let me ask you a question. What do you think conversations are made of? And he said, and he was kind of like stumped a little bit. He's like, why is Darius asking me these questions? And I said, I said, no, no, seriously, what do you, what, what are conversations made of? And he said, well, they're made of words, I guess, or, you know, sentences. And I said, no words, right? And I said, what if I took the position going back to what I said earlier, that your core values have the opportunity to become the language of your life and of your organization. Wouldn't they then become the words that we choose that then lead to the conversations we have that then lead to the decisions we make that then lead to the actions we take that then lead to the results. core values equals results. And that is what, what my life changed. And, it, and I went into this new direction now led to the writing of the book. It's what the title of the book is based on. And I do firmly believe it. Core values have the opportunity to become the language of our lives and our organization. And when it becomes the language of our lives and organization, it becomes the language of accountability, which leads to all the results that we have. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University is having an impact today while providing innovative education for tomorrow's leaders. 
the master's program in public administration and environmental studies leads students to greatness in nonprofit, environmental, public sector, and government settings. Learn to lead at the Voinovich School. We're now accepting applications. Information is available at ohio.edu backslash Voinovich School. So let me let me go back a little bit. What you're saying is is that the core values lead to the the words that become the language of the organization. They have to be sticky. They have to really be in people's heads to become actions and results. I don't know if I said that right, but that's how I'm hearing it. So here's my question: How do you how did you go about when you came across what sounds to me like four great values? How did you go about making them sticky? How did they go from being something cool that you said to being the real part of the real fabric of your organization? What did you do to make that happen? Well, so in the book I talk about this, you know, the old process, the process that that had, you know, 58 out of 60 CEOs sit down in the room that I was in, it first you discover your core values. What is authentic to the organization or to yourself? Then you roll it out usually it's a fairly weak rollout process. So you're not really teaching your teach it. If I teach you something for a day, are you really going to learn it? Probably not. You know, that's like teaching a language. Again, I, I look at it like teaching someone a language. So it's an immersion process. Uh, and then last but not least, it, it, you know, it's weak ongoing implementation. So that's, if I do that, are your core values really going to be set up to become the language of your life or your organization? The answer is absolutely not. And where I landed on it was, the discovery process is a well-worn path. They have to be authentic to the organization. I would say that where a lot of people get this wrong is they pick core values from an aspirational perspective or they do it to try to please some imaginary customer or employee. And I believe that HR folks and marketing people have hijacked core values for that exact reason. You can't do it. You are what you are. People figure it out very quickly, either as a customer or as a team member. So you got to be authentic. And what I say in the book in chapter three, I say core values don't need to be nice. And an example of that would be Uber. Uber, I think their number six core value is called toe stepping. Now, one could argue that this is a case study for what not to do. Yeah. And to assert, and, but I would go the other direction and say, well, it turned them into a billion dollar plus company and it, it just didn't scale past that. Right. And so the issue is, is it, it served them till it didn't serve them. They were at least authentic to who they were, but they they became toxic because they had a toxic core value and it created a toxic culture. Um, but they were what they were, the, the, unfortunately, uh, for them at, in the long run. In the short run, I mean, there's people that, you know, they created something that changed the world. They have, there's many people that monetize that. So it's arguable whether it was such a bad thing. Um, if you want to say core values don't need to be nice, at least they were true to who they were. Regardless if you agree with what that that value was or not, you don't have to agree with someone's values. You can vote with your dollars, but they were authentic to who they were. So I believe that core values need to be authentic to the organization. Once you get that, though, you want to turn it to answer your question: How do I make it viral and sticky? This is where my book, I think, really is leagues ahead of where the 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 where the, where we are where we were prior to the book coming out. Is it's a design process. So think of I have a question for you, Beverly. In 2010, do you know how many pictures 
people took in the world, like actual taking of pictures. Like, oh, like, I, I couldn't guess. Billions. It, it's 83 billion. Wow. Do you know how many pictures were taken in 2020? Oh, um, I'd say maybe five times as much. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's about fourteen times as much. It's, wow! It's it's, it's one point one trillion. Is wow. it is it that we all suddenly decided that we had a hobby of of becoming photographers? No, absolutely not. We didn't all suddenly get the bug to become photographers. It's that we had a tool in our pocket that has super high utility value that's easy to use. And when you create a high utility value and you make it easy to use, well, people do just that. They use it. And so this is the opportunity with core values, but you have to design for that just like we do with our iPhone. iPhones and smartphones designed for taking pictures and making it easy. So people did it. You have to design your core values for very easy use. I think that easy use is really important. And um I can think of an example. I I was a founding board member of a nonprofit uh, uh, that our uh, field is journalism, local journalism. And we decided at the very beginning that a critical core value for us uh, was transparency. And as we were getting started and first raising money and doing all of those things, of course, we made mistakes along the way. And there were times when we thought, should this be a public meeting and so forth? And we just decided transparency is going to be our value no matter what. And it was so peaceful after that because the board didn't have to argue about decisions. Every time something like that came up, the question would be, well, what would transparency look like? And it just took all the difficulty out of the decision. Is that part of how this works? It just, if, if the value is so clear and everybody's agreed on it, it just makes life simpler. Yeah. So, so I, going back to the one step though, it has to be designed for high utility value and it needs to become the language of the organization. In, in your example, it became the language of the organization because it was simple and straightforward. Um, what I could say though, is there's meat on that bone. If I say trustworthiness to you and that organization versus trustworthiness or transparency to another organization, it might look different. So I believe that we, this is where the power of words comes into play. There's, there's a, a, a great quote from uh, uh, Mark Twain about lightning and lightning bugs. Have you ever heard of this quote before? Oh, remind me. Here, I'm going to read it right now. It's, my fa- it's one of my favorite quotes. The difference between the right word and the almost right word is the difference between the lightning and a lightning bug. So, Wow. Yeah, right. So when you hear that, it, it reminds us that words change the world. And yet with our core values, we pick these generic words. And what the book and what I say is you got to pick words. I got to translate that theme. I call that a theme. The word is called trust or transparency. That's a theme. I want to trans- translate that into the language of the organization because we talk a certain way. And I don't want generic language. I want it to be in the tone, the personality of the organization. When you do that, I am now giving it an opportunity to become the language of the organization. So an example of that would be in my last company, our number two core value was integrity. We didn't call it integrity. We called it strength of character. If you go back to Twin Capital, it wasn't uh, integrity. It was live zen, right? So I think you got to pick these catchy. If you want it to become sticky and viral, you got to make it catchy. You got to put a little bit of of creativity into it. So the book has a design process around how do you design it to become sticky and viral in the organization? Um, and we talk about how you do that. Uh, I want to say one thing though, is once you do that, four things happen. 
uh, one we've touched already, it becomes the language of the organization. Uh, it creates the ultimate decision-making engine. You just nailed nailed the nail on the head in that if I'm clear on what my values are, it's real simple. It either meets that standard or it doesn't. For core values are the fundamental beliefs of a personal organization, as we said earlier in the interview. So it's either that's either trust or it's not. That's it. It's either transparency or it's not. Like it's black or white. Now the reality is, is we know the answer. We just don't want to make the decision. And so a lot of times in my businesses, what we would do is we'd have a problem, we'd read the core values out loud, and then we'd say, shoot, I have to make that decision. We knew it. If yeah. it was an easy, if it was easy decision, you don't need to look at the values. It's the hard ones where you need to. I like the term invisible manager that you used in the book. That it's like um there's somebody else at the table. If everybody has the values, then the expression of that values is like the next person sitting over there and you just have to look at it and you recall it, right? It's the, it just guides everything. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it, it's just the, exactly. I don't need to look over someone's shoulder. The values do it for me. If there's a problem at the person that say, uh, Darius, uh, can you come and, and mediate this issue? They say, Hey, that's not people matter. At my last business, People Matter, you know, strength, character, inspiring leadership, and rock solid service are our core values. And so, if that was a, a twin ca- a TMS, the money source, the company I just exited, where core values really, where I really got to experiment with values, but if that was not, it was, I, hey, that's either strength, character, that's not. That's either People Matter or that's not. And an invisible manager is that, is just that. You are either living up to those standards or not. And what I tell people is this core values are not perfection, they're not nirvana. We fall out of alignment with them fairly regularly as things happen. What they are is a centering. When the team, when your company, when the people around you, your family, your friends, your community know your values, when you're out of alignment with them and it's the language of your life or your organization, it gives you a point somewhere to go back to. It gives you um, a solid base for just about anything you're doing, doesn't it? 100%. One hundred percent, and and what I say is, and we know it when we're not aligned with it. We feel that rub, that in, that 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 anxiety, that neurosis around oh, something doesn't feel right. That something doesn't feel right is real simple. You're out of alignment with your values, so we need to get it back into center, get back into alignment. It gives us a focal point and a destination to get back to. Well, uh, before we go, because I just I noticed the time, but I want to. Um, ask you a question on behalf of our listeners. Say we've got listeners out there who are convinced that um, having a, a, a core value statement that really has meaning is something that could make a difference in their organization. But chances are uh, most of our listeners are not CEOs of big organizations. We know we have a lot of people who work in universities and the government and nonprofits as well as in companies. And maybe it's just a small business or maybe they're in a, a tiny little unit of a big company. There are all different ways that people can be motivated to bring core values more into how they run their work. So do you have any suggestions for somebody who's in not at the top of a big organization. How can somebody start where they are to um, encourage a discussion about core values and at least apply the principle to their immediate team? Do you have any suggestions? Yeah, I have a couple. I mean, first of all, um, I mean, my book is it works for individuals. I mean, it's built. The first five chapters are really the the principles of this. The last three are how do you roll it out at scale? 
and then the conclusion is essentially the, the, explains what the what, where I came up with the core value equation from. But a majority of the book applies to families, personal units doesn't matter. I I was in a situation where I was running a joint venture and once where I was not the CEO of the company. I went into my division of my business that I ran and I said, we're going to build the core values. And I built them for that division. Um, I built them for my family. I built them for myself. So for me, it's it's everything starts with the individual and we, we affect change where we can. And I believe that if I was in a, if I was a listener and I was not the CEO or the final decision maker, and I would say, well, how can I affect change? Are is my business or my division or my department doing the things that Darius said? And the answer is no, and the values are not there to do it with. Then I would just take, I go get Darius's book, read it, and I would just implement it in my little way until it. And, and maybe that can go viral from the ground up. It becomes a grassroots change because. What ended up happening when I did this at the, at the business I did it in, this was prior to me becoming the CEO of TMS, was that division became the most profitable, successful division in the entire business I was in. And it went viral in a different way because people want to see results. And when you show results, it affects change. So I would do it in my personal life. I would do it with my family. And I would do it in whatever way I could in my business. And just to show that it works. And then that's how you affect change at the higher levels. Well, I agree with you, Darius. I think having a core value habit, having the habit of checking in with yourself and the people around you um, can be um, very important to somebody's career and to their whole life. And it's it, it's a great way to um, kick up your productivity and also your engagement when uh, things just don't feel right at the moment. So let me say the title of your book one more time, because I do think it's a good starting point if people are thinking about this exercise. It's the core value equation, and uh, it's got some um, nice practical information about how you go about it and what some standard core values are and things like that. So I I think uh, listeners who want to pursue this uh, would enjoy the book. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys supporting me in the book and I'd love for anyone to go and check it out. I have a firm belief that values, mission and vision driven people and organizations are how we change the world. And and I think that my book is a great way to help frame the, the conversation so people can really affect the change that needs to happen in the world today. Well, I agree with you. That sounds terrific. Thank you so much for being here today, Darius. Thank you for having me. Today we've been talking with author and entrepreneur Darius Mirshazadeh about how carefully created core values can bring new power to your work. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Bev Jones, author of Think Like an Entrepreneur, Act Like a CEO. Today's tip is that understanding the values that are important to your work and then making sure that Everything you do supports those values, can bring you extraordinary success. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you come back soon.